Well, hey, everybody, welcome to this episode of the Property Profits Real Estate Podcast. Today, zooming in from beautiful Phoenix, Arizona, we have Pete Schnepp. And Pete is a real estate entrepreneur who's been in the game since 2007. He's seen the good, the bad, the ugly, the ups and downs, you name it. Pete's been through it. And he's built up a very significant portfolio over the years, 17 properties with over 40 total doors. So Pete, welcome to the show. Great to have you here. Thanks, Dave. It's a pleasure to be joining you. Yeah. So, hey, Pete, why don't you give us a little snapshot about what got you into this wild and woolly and crazy world of real estate investing in the first place? And and it sounds like your first foray wasn't a resounding success. Maybe you can kind of tell us briefly how it worked out and what things are starting to look like now. Sure. Well, uh, you know, what got me into it a long time ago, back in college, I guess just... Um, realizing that somebody could make money with doing very little work and uh, and grow some substantial wealth with re with real estate. And so, you know, it, I guess it really started with reading Rich Dad, Poor Dad and not taking much action for several years and then revisiting it at a different time in my life and kickstarting it and going down the learning journey, I yeah. guess you could say. But uh, <clears throat> it started off yeah, not not so great. In 2007 in Phoenix, I bought my first house with a friend and it was, you know, our primary home, but that was at the the peak of the market. And, um, you know, uh, the, the values just dropped drastically and, and uh, I didn't want to sell the house. I didn't want to short sell it. I actually kept it for as long as I could or as long as I wanted. I bought out my my uh, partner in the house and I tried renting it for a while. I was negative cash flow for a while. Then I moved back into it and, you know, I, I, we bought it for like 200 something thousand bucks and it was worth about 80. And I was Ooh. at the time I was like stuck because I was I was young. I was wanting to move on with my life and get married and start a family. And it was a little tiny house. So I was stuck. And it's kind of funny in hindsight. um, I stayed up with my payments and I called the mortgage company saying that I wanted to short sell it. And they said, well, no, you can't do that because you're current on your payments. You have to stop making your mortgage payments. So finally I bit the bullet and I stopped paying my mortgage. And I literally took every penny that I normally would pay my mortgage with. And I put it into a savings account every month. And I went over a year um, without paying the mortgage before they approved it and it went through. So it was somewhere between 12 to 18 months worth of mortgages I had saved in a separate account. Finally, it short sold and I was able to, to move on with my life. And <clears throat> then my credit kind of sizzled out a little bit. Mm -hmm. And then um, from there, I had a, a little bit of a savings account to, to buy our next house. And I used my wife's credit at that time. I had gotten married and had some savings and that's where it kind of began, I guess. Yeah. Okay. So that, that would have scared a lot of people off of the whole idea of real estate investing, going through that kind of an experience and watching your credit get shaken up for quite some time after that. What got you back on the horse, so to speak? I mean, I would have rebought that house that I sold for the price that the other person bought it for had I been able to, right? Mm -hmm. If if uh, if they would have let you, but they didn't let you do that back then. So <laughs> um, I had seen I had seen the prices drop so much, and I knew it was uh, a great time to buy. 
and I wasn't able to because of my credit. And then along the way, I met my wife and and we wanted, you know, we decided to get married. So it was a few years in between. Um, but I knew that long term real estate is how you build, you know, build wealth. And uh, I wasn't going to let that stop me, I guess. So when was it that you bought your next revenue property, your next investment property after that? Um, so it was, let's see, shortly after I bought my primary home, mm -hmm. um, we were in there for a little while and then I had saved up some, some extra money and I went and bought a condo really cheap, like just two bedroom condo, one of the cheapest places I could find. Yeah. And I still have that place to this day. Um, I bought it thinking that I was going to flip it. I bought it literally for like 40,000 bucks in Mesa, Arizona. And I thought I was going to put a few thousand bucks and sell it for, you know, 55 or 60. And I think I put it on the market and didn't really get much, much action. And I decided to, to rent it instead. And so that's free and clear. And I've had that ever since. Um, and then shortly after that, we decided to move into a different house, our primary residence, but we kept that old one and converted okay. that into a rental. And we still have that house. That one we bought in 2012 for, you know, a hundred and maybe 130,000 bucks. Um, we still got that. And um, so those were the first two investment properties, really my primary home and then a small, small condo. So Pete, what does your portfolio look like today? You, you say you've got about 17 properties and 40 doors. So it sounds like obviously you've got some multifamilies in there. What's your portfolio primarily made up of and where are they located? Um, sure. Yeah, everything's Phoenix Metro. Um, and it's a mixture of single family homes and small multis. So we've got four units, we've got a five unit, an eight unit, I've got a 10 unit trailer park, um, and a handful of single family homes. Very cool. So do you self manage all of your properties? I self manage the single family. Because um, uh -huh. they're just easy. It's not really, you know, it's just so too easy to hand off the multifamilies. I have third-party property management. Okay, very good. And are you are you doing real estate full time, or are you have you got your own business, or you're working as well? What what does life look like for you? Yeah, so I own two other businesses right now. Um, this real estate started off kind of like as a hobby and a side gig, you know. And as it built up, it it could be my main business. It's it's definitely. Uh, a decent portfolio, but I have a, I own a painting and roofing business and that's kind of been the bread and butter throughout the, you know, since I've had it since 2007. Right. So, and then um, in COVID, I started a pest control business with my brother as well. So there's the three businesses that I've got. Well, it sounds like you got a firsthand insider scoop on good properties sometimes, either between the, the pest control or the doing new roofs or painting or you got your thumb on the market. You might think so. It's not really a, a lead generator. <laughs> no, probably not. Uh, but, you know, what it means is I've got control on crews and guys and, and stuff that I need done. So that's definitely a value that I've got here. And one of the reasons why I really have no desire to, to, to look elsewhere, because I've got so much value in just getting things done when I need it done in my local right. market, that mm -hmm. it just makes sense. Yeah. So I imagine, yeah, you've got a really good inside scoop with a lot of, a lot of the trades, a lot of contractors, because you're in that line of work yourself. So 
you know, if you need something done, it's, it's probably pretty easy for you to make that happen. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Excellent. So Pete, what, what have been some of your best ways of finding these properties? You've built up a pretty significant portfolio. What have, what have you done to find these deals? Um, well, it's been a mixture, you know, I'm also a licensed real estate agent. <laughs> uh, I don't really act as a, as a retail realtor, right. But I've got, I've got access to the MLS okay. and I've bought a lot of properties off of there. Um, I've bought some from wholesalers and I've bought some from other brokers just that have like off market deals. Mm. So those are pretty much the three, the three ways that I've bought my properties. Very cool. Uh, that's that's smart. So, so Pete, I think you, you've said that up until now, you and your wife have self-financed all of your properties. You built up a significant portfolio self-financing. Was that, you know, you, you talked about your your first couple of you, you know, you bought one home and then you traded up and bought another one and kept the old one as a as a rental. How have you been um, buying these properties over the years? Have you been refinancing some properties or just taking a lot of, of cash flow out of your other businesses to purchase them? Mm -hmm. How does that typically look for you, Pete? Yeah, I mean, we we live below our means and we've saved, I've saved aggressively over the years for sure. Like the, the whole reason of saving was to buy real estate. So that was intentional for many, many years. And then, you know, in the last three years or so, I've refinanced a couple of them pulled cash out, rolled that into another property. I've done a couple of burrs and, you know, took money out there. Um, I sold one property, first property I've ever sold other than that short sale was last year. And I took that money and rolled that into another one. So starting to snowball a little bit. Yeah, no, that's hats off to you for that. That's, that is fantastic. And what do you see you, your, you and your wife doing over the next year or so with your portfolio? What, what are your goals for the next 12 months, real estate wise? Well, I'm hunting right now for deals, uh, putting offers out. It's a tricky market. So, you know, we, it's not, like I said, it's not our sole source of income. So we're in a position to where we've got, you know, we're looking for deals. And if a deal makes sense, we'll be able to jump. We want to be able to jump on it. And, um, We've got a lot of connections out there and there's, you know, there's not a whole lot of distress in the market yet. I think there's more to come, but mm. we're actively looking. And if there's a, if there's a deal that makes sense that, that can make some money, then, then we're able to jump on it. And are you guys focusing more on the multifamilies now or are you still looking at single family properties? Looking at both, actually. I mean, I kind of feel right right now that, that uh, there's better deals in single families than the small multifamilies. Mm -hmm. um, I put a couple offers out recently. The last property I purchased in October was a single family. So we're open to both. Hmm. Very good. Now, with all of this self-financing, have you have run into any challenges with the banks, especially with the single family homes or the small multis? Have, is there kind of an upper limit of the number of properties that they're willing to finance for you? Uh, not with my current, the current lender, I'm working with a small local bank and okay. it's all portfolio loans. But nice. once I hit 10 mortgages, I had, uh, you know, that was a hurdle that I had to overcome. And, um, it was just, you know, I had to start calling smaller banks and portfolio lenders. And, uh, I found one that, that, uh, has been really good with me. They're a really good banking partner. The downside is you pay, you know, 
you know, I guess as an investor on any deal, you pay a little bit higher interest rate, mm -hmm. um, maybe a little bit higher LTV, but they've been a really good finance partner for the last couple of years. Oh, that is great. So Pete, what, what have been some of the, well, we heard about your first challenge with that first deal back in 07. What are some of the challenges or hiccups that you've faced along the way in addition to that? Or, or what are some of the things that might be getting in your way moving ahead? Um, you know, there's always challenges on the way. I could name a dozen different things or more issues, but you just work through them. You know, yeah. it's not really a big deal. Every every real estate investor goes through situations. Um, I guess, you know, at this point, really the sky is the limit, except for how much capital you got, because you still mm -hmm. got to put down payments down, right? And so that's really what it comes down to. Um, what would hold me back from uh, more growth or doing bigger deals. But otherwise, I've got I've got a really good grip on getting the work done, getting it done well. I've got a pretty good resource with property management. So everything's dialed in except finding, you know, finding the deals is just a continual thing because most properties for sale are not a deal. Hmm. And uh, and then having enough capital to do something that's worthwhile. Yeah. So when it comes to the capital side of things, uh, you've, you've done very, very well self-financing up until now. What do you think might be something getting in your way as far as going out and finding private money partners or joint venture partners to, to bring in the capital for these deals? Uh, getting in my way? I don't know. I really haven't made a whole lot of effort on it yet. I think uh, once I do start focusing my energy on that, then doors will open up. I've got probably, I've got local resources here I could probably reach out to if and when the time is right. If I found a deal that that uh, I had under contract and I needed to put together money to close on it, I think I could probably do it, but that's one deal. Where does the next one come from? I don't know. It's a whole nother, that's a whole nother game I haven't entered into yet. Yeah. Well, I think you are in a perfect position right now, Pete, to really, to really crank things up if you want to. And, you know, with your experience and your background already, I mean, you've got 17 properties and 40 doors, and you've been doing this for, you know, pretty seriously for over 10 years now, you've definitely got the track record where you could start bringing on private partners, bring on joint venture partners, because here's the deal. There are a ton of people out there that would love to get into the real estate game. They just don't know how, or they don't want to take the time and expend the energy to go through the learning curve that you've gone through, but they'd love to join forces with a sharp guy like you and piggyback along for the ride. So they bring in the money, you bring in the team, the, the, the team and the deal, and you join forces. And that's, that's, uh, a surefire way for you to be able to do a lot more deals a lot faster for sure if, if you're able to find them mm -hmm. yeah yeah something so, I'm, I'm, I'm open to explore you know i took a lot of pride in uh in building what i've built on my own mm -hmm. you know what i mean and not needing outside resources but i do see the value if, if uh if you can find the right money partner and it's a win-win could be great well, yeah, and you and you've got justifiable pride in that, and that is, I mean, nothing, nothing's going to change there. You've built up this portfolio that's just yours, and now you can add on to that portfolio with properties that are 
half yours or whatever the, the way is that you're going to be dividing up the equity in those properties, but you can, you can continue to build so much bigger, so much faster doing it that way. And, and, and one of the things that I've found over the years working with investors in your situation is we get so used to being the lone ranger and kind of doing it all on our own that there's a couple of things that kind of hold us back from working with joint venture partners. One is the idea of, hey, I, I don't want to have to answer to somebody else. I don't want to have to report to somebody else. I don't want to have to you know, jump through hoops for, for somebody else and, and all that kind of stuff. And fair enough, I mean, you're, you're able to do your own thing your, your way right now. But the good thing about bringing on a joint venture partner is if you've got things clear up front, really, they're investing with you because you know what you're doing already. They don't want to have a heck of a lot of input on the deal. And if you set things up properly in the, in, in the front end, then you can be the guy that's in charge and they are very, very passive investors and, and they're happy to be that way. That's what they prefer to do. Yeah. So is, that what, is that what you do? Is, am, am I a passive investor or am I raising capital? You're raising capital, right? I do raise capital. Yes. So when I was actively doing deals, I was the active partner and I'd bring on very passive investors for that. These days we work with uh, mom and pop real estate investors and, and help them to bring on their own passive investors, their own joint venture partners. Uh, so yeah. you're not, you're not operating deals anymore. Not so much. I'm more of on the passive side myself. Gotcha. Yeah. Yeah. No, that's awesome. So you, you're, you're looking ahead, seeing that you went through the whole 2007, 2008, 2009 real estate scenario there, where do you see the market kind of going right now, Pete? Is it, is it as precarious as it was back then? Or what are your thoughts? Man, it's tough. You know, I see a lot of doom and gloom on my phone when I look at articles and stuff like that. But the local market here isn't necessarily doom and gloom. I mean, there's properties still getting scooped up left and right. I'm watching it. There are still uh, multiple offers on certain properties. The problem is that the inventory has not crept up. The inventory is low. The demand was low. The rates dipped for a while in the last month or so. And I think that peaked thing or picked things up a little bit for the buyer activity. But I mean, I watched the statistics and uh, the, the market is, is good out here in terms of the supply and demand balance. Hmm. Um, so I don't see the doom and gloom here, but you never know. The other thing I don't see is distress. And so back in the last time, there was a lot of distress. And so maybe it just hasn't happened yet. But in the last crash, people lost their, there was a lot of people that lost their jobs. And they had, they had houses that, multiple houses that were cash flow negative. Mm -hmm. Once they lost their jobs, there was dis distress. Thank and that's God. not happened yet here. So I don't know if it's going to happen or if it's not going to happen. We'll see. Time will tell. Yeah, nobody's got that crystal ball. But yeah, I, I think. I think the banks definitely tightened up a lot more on their lending criteria. They, they learned a few lessons. From, <laughs> yeah. Well, you got to put, you got to put a, even now you've got to put a decent amount down. I mean, a lot of banks for a small, you know, smaller investors, you're going to put at least 30% down, if not 35. Wow. Yeah. So uh, there's, a, there's a lot of cushion there for them. That's for sure. So mm -hmm. yeah, it's not like back in the day. Like I, I remember back in those crazy days, they were paying you to, to take mortgages out for cried out loud. There's cash back mortgages and all this kind of crazy stuff to get people to buy more properties. So 
Yeah. I think we are in a different situation right now. And you're right. Supply and demand. There's, there's a lot more demand than supply immigration, all the stuff that's going on in Phoenix is a very, very popular market. So mm-hmm. I think you're, you're well positioned there. Well, that's awesome, Pete. So if, if uh, people are interested in finding out more about you and what you're up to, what should they do? Uh, I got my name as a domain. You can go there and find all about me and my businesses and reach out to me if you'd like. It's PeteSchnepp.com. That's a good URL. There you go. (laughs) (laughs) Awesome, Pete. Well, it's been very, very nice chatting with you. And congratulations on everything that you've done all by your your lonesome financially. And and I'm excited to see you moving ahead and, and growing things even more, bringing on joint venture partners and private capital. Appreciate it, Dave. All right, everybody, take care, and we will see you on the next episode.